0: Welcome into uh, On Texas Football. Uh, my name is Jerry Hamilton, sitting in for Bobby Burton, who's playing tennis in Newport Beach, I'm sure right now. Uh, joined by Eric Nileen, publisher of Inside Texas. Uh, Eric, you know, uh, this is our weekly state of the program, but I think we need to start with the basketball program, right? Big Absolutely. game coming up Thursday. A lot on the line for Rodney Terry. Texas is the number two seed. Uh, for the first time since 2007-08. That's also last year. Texas advanced to the second week in the NCAA tournament. Um, you got any picks? Did you make your final four picks? What are your thoughts before tomorrow's game?
1: You know, I don't follow it closely enough uh, to, to know the landscape of the – you know, the whole bracket. You know, I'm almost like a, a, a woman where they just go by the uniforms. <laughs> um, I used to follow it a lot more closely. Uh, but I tell you what, this team has really deserved the casual fans, uh, uh, you know – like they 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 deserve our attention. The, the way they fought through that the adversity, um, I remember that game earlier in the year. They gave up 116 points, and I was thinking, oh man, they're cooked. And they came back from that, and they just keep, they keep fighting every time. So I think they can make a run. Uh, I think the casual observer, which I am, is excited for the potential matchup of uh, against AM on Saturday. Uh, that really stands out. Like you know, I was already telling my wife about that. She handles the newsletter. I said, if they beat AM, we got to have a breaking newsletter on uh, for Inside Texas for yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited. You know, everybody everybody knows Jerry Hamilton, the football expert. But Jerry's passions are golf and basketball, and then football. He just happens to know football quite well. So I know that this is your week, uh, and of course, you've got great uh, sources on the on the basketball side. So I'm sure that uh, everybody's excited to get going.
0: Yeah, you know, it's been interesting, Eric. I, you know, I said last night, and I said a couple of weeks ago too. You know, there's a correlation. Right as we dive into football, Serge Jabari Rice does he not remind you of Roshan Johnson? Yeah. I mean, as a leader, just mm-hmm. a winner, a guy that makes right. plays. I mean, even if you're a casual basketball fan, All right? If you're a diehard Texas football fan, I think you can see where those two guys are so similar.
1: Yep. Yep. I, I, I my brain often goes to football. And I, and I think that the six man nature and the energy he, he provides, yep. you know, Rashawn gave the, the team a spark numerous times this season. Uh, yeah. Very similar in personality for sure.
0: And now we segue into uh, football. Obviously, you can see uh, that the uh, state of the program is presented by Adam Lowy, the Lowy Law Firm. Uh, thank you to Adam Lowy and his team uh, for being part of uh, On Texas Football. Eric, we're a in the spring football practice. Both of us saw one open practice. Uh, Bobby Burton saw a couple of them. I think Joe Cook's – or not open practice, the media session, let's say. Um, and then Joe Cook's been the three of them. Um, what are kind of your thoughts – on the first week of spring practice as we're in spring break. And then I think it really gets going next uh, next week uh, with the bulk of spring practice. What are your thoughts right now headed into the, the most important part of spring practice, which we're going to get to next, which is where the competition's at in the program?
1: Yeah, my, my initial reaction was, you know, they're definitely putting in work through winter conditioning. All those guys looked a lot better. You know, even the, even the older senior guys that you didn't think have much runway to improve uh, their, their build and, and strength and speed, I think, looked better uh, Alfred Collins would be one that fits under that window. Uh, but the younger guys that, you know, they should make that big jump between the first year and the second year. Some of the the guys, this is their first off season in the program. Uh, the team just looks, looks well conditioned and ready to go They're They're physically more impressive than I've seen them in a long time. And even a room that's that's smaller, uh, in stature, normally cornerback to me is one of the most physically impressive, uh, you know, relative to their position.
0: Yeah. You know, it was two, there was two things for me. and, And I totally agree on defensive back. Um, You know, I think where you're seeing the changes in the program, especially important headed to the SEC, is when the guys got off the bus and then they started drills, I noticed the offensive line immediately. And, yeah, it's easy to say, but you still want to watch the the maturation process physically of these highly ranked guys. And Texas looked like an SEC offensive line from a size perspective to me Wednesday. I I don't know about you. That really caught my attention.
1: Yeah, you know, Kelvin Banks is, is, you know, by the time he leaves the program, it's probably going to be a year early, unfortunately, for Texas fans. But, um, you know, he's going to be a well-muscled offensive line with, you know, like, you know, my, maybe not abs or anything, but there's not, he's not going to have a whole lot going on in the midsection. You know, Christian Jones looks good. He walked by me the other day, and, you know, he's got noticeable traps popping out of the back of his shirt. Uh, not always the case with offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of the young guys look really good. Jane Chapman needs to add some more weight, but he looks he looks good. Connor Stroh is, uh, came in on a good trend line. Uh, he's already one of the strongest guys in the program. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the offensive line is, is going to be ready. It's, it, you know, I think everybody should be, uh, you know, appreciative that they do have one more year in the Big 12 before actually getting to the, to the SEC so these guys have one more final offseason to, to mature.
0: Yeah, it's a great point, Eric, because I think moving into the SEC when they do, you're going to have a very experienced offensive line, that not just from a game experience, but from a weight room experience. And I think that's going to be so key year one in the SEC. Um, and that segues perfectly into – Let's talk about where the competition truly is uh, this spring. Not the Steve Sarkeesian doing his job, saying everybody's competing for a job. Right, yeah. We get it, right? We get it. Okay. But Jalen Ford's not competing for a job, right? I mean, yeah. there's guys that aren't competing for jobs, uh, and that's we're not discounting what Sark says. We understand it. I'm a coach's kid. I understand where he's coming from. But there's a difference. Um, what are let and let's start at the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So the tackles are locked. We think Jake Majors has a ton of experience. Could he could could he get some uh, competition? Maybe, but he it's hard done to see the guy that started that many games. Right. But I think, let's talk about the guard positions. I, right. I think guards positions are very interesting because DJ Campbell has a, a chance this spring to cement himself as a starting right guard. Then at left guard, I think it's totally up for grabs. I think it's interesting Hayden Connor is working at backup center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Neto has a chance with Cole Hudson out. I think Hayden Connor's obviously working there, but there seems to be real competition at the guard spots.
1: Yeah, it's wide open. You know, Cole Hudson missing uh, opened the door at both both uh, for Jake Majors to not have nearly as much competition yeah. at center, and for you know D- Devon Campbell to get a whole lot more reps. So, um, yeah, I think I think we're going to see even more competition in August. That's not going to. I don't think anything's going to be solved. Uh, you know, in this in this practice block, I'm really curious about uh, Neto Ozulu and Hayden Connor because that might be one that's really getting off the ground that will play in August. I think. Uh, I think Hayden Connor is taking reps there at center, but. Uh, I I don't think that's a real move for him because I think Cole Hudson is more likely come, come August to get those looks.
0: Yeah. And Connor Robertson, who they're very high on, who was their number two center last year. Jake majors had gone down. That's kind of the question is, you know, how do you handle it if you're Kyle flood, right? Is Neto has, and we're not going to say he has as much upside as Kelvin banks. You're talking about a first round pick at left tackle, but he, he about does now. I mean, him, Cam Williams, I mean, you're getting to some guys with some real upside and, and Neto kind of looked like the physical specimen on the offensive line. I think he's got the quickest hands getting in the people on the offensive line. Um, I, I, what are you hearing about Neto headed in the spring? Because I think he's going to be a popular name as we go on here.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he came in, the, you know, highly rated, but I think the networks, you know, on three was pretty early on him. You were, you in particular were early on him. Um, I always thought his kick step was quick enough for tackle. Um, and I, he is cross-training at left tackle a little bit. He's got a chance to be the swing tackle. Obviously, we think that's probably going to end up being Cam Williams just because he's more of a tackle long-term. Uh, but Neto's going to play next year. Now, I don't know if it's going to be in a starting role. I kind of think he's got a chance to win that. I actually think he does. Uh, from injured. a physical standpoint, athletic standpoint, um, he doesn't really – sacrifice, even though he's athletic, he doesn't sacrifice in the run game. He's, he's actually very quick off the ball. Um, I think he's got some defensive line sort of movement skills to him. Uh, in an offensive line build. Uh, so I, I think it, I think, you know, Kelvin Banks is the headliner. Christian Jones is going to go out with a bang provided he stays healthy. But Neto's got a chance to mature into the third best offensive lineman this season. I do believe that.
0: Uh, Ian Boyd and I were talking last time on a long uh, live stream, uh, and we couldn't really, I guess it would be the national championship year. Uh, when's the last time you've seen Texas have this much quality depth on the offensive line? I mean, it's been a long time.
1: Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, maybe the year after they they brought a lot of guys back and had some yeah. younger guys that had the looks ready to go, yeah. but yeah, maybe 2006, you know, w- when we were talking about centers, like, when was the last time they had four tangible guys to play center?
0: I, mean, I, I, I can't remember that. Not my 20 plus years doing this. I mean, I know <laughs> that. Yeah, they just, have
1: four, they have four real center prospects if they need it. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And
0: then obviously in 2024, their top guy is Daniel Cruz, right. who, uh, you know, we both think is a lean to Texas mix. A little recruiting there. Uh, the, the top in-state offensive line target is Daniel Cruz, who is a center prospect. And that tells you how much they think of Daniel Cruz, that they have some young guys at center right now, and they have a number of guys, but they still think he is a big-time player. Um, other positions that we think are true competition, uh, where do you go next after the interior of the offensive line?
1: Uh, you got to go Will Linebacker. Uh, you know, David Benda's had a good off season. We, we mentioned that the coaches were pleased with where, uh, where he's at coming into, into camp and, and clearly him and Jalen Ford are entirely different animals from a physical maturity standpoint than the other linebackers in that, in that class or in that room. Uh, but you know, Anthony Hill's coming in with tons of talent. Uh, they're giving him equal reps pretty much, uh, between Benda Maurice Blackwell, of course, and, and, uh, and also Hill, um. You know, I'm not saying that that David Bend is the leader right now, but they're giving Anthony Hill every chance to, to get caught up on reps. Uh, and, and they're giving him a real chance to win that competition. It's not He's not going to win it in the spring, but he's got a chance to win it in August. In any event, he's going to play a lot next year.
0: Yeah, no question about it. I mean, and, and he is a guy, for Texas fans that haven't seen Anthony Hill, I think Eric and I are pretty much the same on him. Not that we've discussed it at length, but uh, he's a guy that just sees ball, finds ball, hits ball, carry really well. Yeah. Uh, he, he, everybody has things they have to work on. His strength is not going to be dropping in coverage. Right. That isn't going to be a strength. His strength is going to be downhill. And what's interesting about Anthony Hill is I, I think some, some versatility in what they can do with him, Eric, is he's a guy that could be a natural pass rusher sure. for Texas and bring something they haven't had in that regard naturally.
1: Yeah, if Benda, if Benda wins the job next year, which, which is a possibility, they could just put uh, Hill at Sam linebacker, which we saw them d- deploy last year with Maurice Blackwell nice. and Tucker-Dorsey. And a lot of times that guy's lined up outside. He's got strong hands. Uh, I think he's got some natural pass rush to him. He can guide guys where he wants them to go. I think fans get caught up in seeing that body type and thinking he's a traditional Mike linebacker. But the Mike linebacker in this defense is going to need to drop. Like we saw, Jalen Ford got four picks last year. DeMarvin Overshone had zero. Uh, if you just looked at their body types and ended, Overshown came from safety, you would assume that those numbers would be reversed. But it's the way they deploy those positions is differently. So Overshone was playing downhill, sort of a seek and destroy player. Uh, and I think Anthony Hill fits that perfectly. And then you got Leona LaFowle, who is more, uh, more typical for that Mike linebacker, in, at least how they deploy it nowadays. Uh, like I said, Jalen Ford started getting deeper and deeper in his drops last year. Uh, and he started making offenses pay for it. That's more Leona LaFowle's game. Anthony Hill's game is playing forward.
0: Yeah, it's a great point on Leon LaFowl. Great natural coverage guy. We're going to talk about him in a little bit uh, in, with the early enrollees, kind of our thoughts on some of those guys. Let's move to the defensive backfield because I think it's mm-hmm. – the competition there is very interesting. And we're not saying that somebody's going to unseat Ryan Watts, but what we're about to talk about is there's three legitimate starting corners. Yep. Watts, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks. Um there's a number of guys we can talk about at safety as well. And then you have a young guy like Malik Muhammad. And we're not going to say he's competing for a starting job, but I think he's going to get snaps. Eric, where do you come out on the corner competition right now um, with Terrence Brooks set to make a big jump from freshman to sophomore year and Gavin Holmes bringing probably the best speed to the position from Wake Forest?
1: Yeah, you have, you know, you've got more experience with Watts and Holmes than you do with Brooks. But then Brooks probably has the more well-rounded upside. He's got the physicality of Watts. He doesn't run like uh, like Holmes, but he can run well. Um, I thought he, looked, he looks better than he did a year ago, which you expect. Um, you know, there's a lot of people expecting a breakout from him, even people that aren't saying that he's going to, you know, start necessarily, because that's got a long way to go. Uh, yeah, I don't know who's going to take the first snaps. I know all three of those guys are going to play a lot. Uh, a guy like Austin Jordan, who's who they have at star, is is ready to play now. Malik Muhammad is not your typical freshman. Um, they have a lot, a lot of depth at, at corner, um, you know, five deep at least. Uh, and I think, you know, really he's kind of a forgotten man, but Xavier Bryce have been making some plays, uh, you know, ever, ever since bowl practices last year, that's continued on into uh, the first week of practice this season. Uh, so they're very deep. I don't know how it's going to play out. I tend to think Holmes is going to win the field job, and I, I'm not ruling out Brooks and Watts having a spirited battle to, uh, to actually hold that out over there. What do you think?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm the same way. Um, I think Ryan Watts is so good against the run. Um, I, I think, look, I'll say this. If Terrence Brooks were to beat out Ryan Watts, Texas fans know they have a guy that's going to be highly drafted. I mean, that's oh. not an easy thing to do for a guy right. played as much football as Ryan Watts. So if Terrence Brooks end up winning that job, Texas fans can feel pretty secure that uh, Terrence Brooks has very high NFL upside. Um, you know, and it's interesting because you knew – let's get to that start position. We knew that either Jordan or Brooks long-term would move from corner, right? And, and right. I think Jordan – you know, I think, I think that's a great move for him. And he has a chance with Jalen Gilbo out. As you said, he's – Jalen Gilbo, said you said last week on the State of Program, Jalen Gilbo is doing some drill stuff, but he's not going to be full contact this spring. Right. We don't expect – that gives Jordan some, uh, a real opportunity to compete for that job behind Jade Barron. And uh, I don't think there's a competition there, but I think it's an opportunity for Jordan to get quality reps. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: Yeah, you know, he just needs to keep biding his time, learning every position he can. And eventually he's going to play a whole lot at Texas. You know, he's already, uh, sources already consider him one of the best pure man cover guys. Uh, And obviously in the slot you get, you get manned up on some really quick guys at times. Uh, So, you know, that gives him a chance to play there. And and he also has a physical nature to his game. On the hoof, he looks as good as any other DB out there. Um, Smart kid, physical kid, can run. Uh, So he just needs to uh, get – they're just loaded everywhere except for maybe safety. And safety just lacks time and, uh, you know, they need some more experience back there. But the the corners and the stars are about as loaded as you could possibly have in college football. Maybe they could have another top-line guy somewhere over there. Uh, But as far as quality depth, it's all over the place up front.
0: And we saved the uh, best, but look, defensive tackles, a, a real experience position. Uh, we, we, we could talk about that another time, but let's, I save the best for last or the most intriguing. That's the edge positions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, you have some returners, you have some second year guys that need to make big jumps. Um, you have Dre Bledsoe, who's working as more of an interior guy, who knows what's going to happen later in the spring. Then you have freshman Colton Vossett coming in and, um, Go through both those positions where you think things are at right now, and then we'll get into how they could shake out.
1: Yeah, you know, I think they have pretty good complementary parts. So if you have a guy that's good against the run, you've got another guy behind him, uh, you know, that's, that's got more pass rush ability that you can you can substitute in. You know, that's, you know, Finkley at, at Buck and, and Ethan Burke right behind him. Uh, now, that's not saying Burke can't end up winning that starting job. He's got a, he's got a chance to do it. I, I still think he lacks lower body strength to really hold up consistently against the run. That's why I give the edge to Finkley there. You know, on the other side, when you mentioned Bledsoe playing, uh, moving inside, you know, Pequist Kwiatkowski would not do that if he felt like he was going to sacrifice the edge pass rush uh, this season. So he must have something up his sleeve. And, and what it might be is uh, Jamon Tapp uh, getting ready to take the next step. Sources indicate that he's, he's, he understands the defense a whole lot better than he did a year ago or, uh, you know, l- uh, six months ago. Uh, and, you know, Baron Sorrell sets a very high floor. May not be, you know, exceptional talent, but he's, he's good enough. He's got good power. He plays with great motor. Um, if you play with motor and discipline in this defense, yeah. those those defensive tackles are going to push pressure in your way and you're going to get some uh, pretty, pretty easy sacks. Uh, so Sorrell's going to build off his five and a half sack season last year. Uh, one of the key players on the team, just because he's he's a two way player up front. Uh, and then, you, you know, you mentioned Bledsoe moving inside and out. Um, you've got Chris Ross going the other way. He's playing outside <laughs> as well. Uh, the staff actually thinks he's got some bend to him and, and he can be more than just a run stopper there. Uh, We need to hear more about him when the the pads are consistently on and some scrimmage work.
0: Yeah, Chris Ross is such an intriguing uh, topic for me because I I haven't seen Eric many guys that were – he was 267, I think, in the state championship game his senior year, that could weigh 280, 285, 290 and has lost 20 pounds since he got to Austin. It's kind of – you don't see that very often. Um, And so he's an intriguing guy, I think, for myself, for you and Texas fans. Um, And it'll be interesting to see moving forward. Um, And I think Tap and Bledsoe are kind of going to be guys we talk about a lot the second half of spring because there's a maturity that needs to happen there for both those guys. And and we're not talking immature necessarily off the field. Um, We're talking about young guys, though. So uh, combining that off the field with beyond the field, I think once those things kind of click together, uh, like you said, you could see Tap Bledsoe, Uh, make some big jumps. Last thing here on the state of the program uh, for this week, Eric, we're going to hit on the early enrollees. It's the best, the most talented group of early enrollees I can think of in my years uh, covering Texas. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, And and let's go through some of those guys. And obviously let's start with Arch um, because we can't go a whole state of the program without mentioning Arch Manning, right? Um, I was, I think the thing that didn't surprise me, but did surprise me, was when we're sitting there waiting to go in for the media session and Arch gets off the bus, he sprints onto the practice
1: field. Yeah. Just yeah.
0: like he did is adore Newman. We've always said he carries himself like a professional at a young age, and why wouldn't he? I mean, look at how he's brought up. But then just to jump off the bus and just sprint onto the field, you don't see freshmen, you know, you see those guys trying to fit in, kind of find their way. Right. That, Here, let's do it. I'm going to do what I've always done. I thought that was one of those things that people didn't notice, but was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy to be comfortable at Isidore Newman when you're a Manning. But then to take that next le- level and you're, you're with 84 guys that you don't know and a bunch of new coaches and you just come in and keep doing the same thing, you know. But, you know, do it. What, do it's always made you good. Do it's always made you respected in the locker room. Uh, he's himself he's always been himself he's a comfortable he's very comfortable being Arch Manning despite all the uh, attention he kind of blocks that out Uh, he does a great job blocking that out and keeping a level head Um, it's hard not to be excited about him you know him I think him and yours look like the real deal uh, when we saw him this past week
0: yeah and every day every practice yeah we've talked about this on the live streams every practice Malik Murphy misses uh, it's it's going to be almost impossible for him to get that time back as Arch continues to get those reps.
1: Yeah, you know, playing quarterback is, you know, sometimes it just it does come down to luck, luck of the draw, uh, and <laughs> injuries play a huge part. How many times have we seen, you know, quarterbacks get jumped in the NFL? Guys that were actually pretty good, they get hurt, and they, the next guy comes in and, and they're gone. You know, Steve Young jumped Joe Montana because Montana got hurt uh, versus the Giants. Uh, it's happened quite a bit, um, you know, Murphy, that's it's bad luck for him. But, you know, Arch Manning is not the guy you want behind you trying to take advantage of those snaps
0: of the early enrollees. Who else kind of stood out to you? Like, what sources have said what you saw in person Wednesday? Because it's an it's an impressive group. We've hit on we've hit on Anthony Hill. We've hit on LaValle. Yeah. We talked about Muhammad a little bit. I, Colton Vosick, I thought, looked pretty good running around. What, what, what are your thoughts overall in that group? Anybody that stands out to you?
1: Well, you know, my overall thoughts are that if if the roster wasn't as mature as it was and and had that town to class ahead of him, so many of these guys would be getting ready to have breakout, breakout. opportunities. It's just that there's log jams in some places. So, you know, John Tay Cook is going to play a lot this year. But if they didn't have Xavier Worthy, he'd, he'd you know, he'd catch 50 balls probably. Uh, I didn't see DeAndre Moore Wednesday, but Friday, apparently he had a really good practice. Uh, he's He's turning heads um you know Cedric Baxter looked good you know he's got he's the one guy that's got a really good chance to break out just because running back has so many questions about it uh I mean it's almost all of them look at Malik Muhammad he, he's he's never going to be a big big corner but he's putting on good muscle of course he moves well um and he's he's a mature kid he wants it he wants to be a pro acts like it uh that the the freshman class is is absurd really you know I'm the, even a couple of those freshman offensive linemen in years past, if, if Texas wasn't as deep as it was, a couple of those guys would have a chance to play.
0: I think the biggest. I think one of the guys that I saw that's going to make the biggest leap from spring practice to August will probably be Sadir Mitchell. Um, yeah. He came in a little heavier than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. Um, I think around three fifty-five, so he gained a little weight um, after the season, which can happen with those guys. See a little senioritis there before you're an early enrollee, so he has a little bit farther to go physically then I ideally would have wanted him to, but I think he's a guy that's going to probably make a big jump from, uh, yeah, March to August.
1: A good example of where the program is headed is, you know, a lot of these guys come in and they, they haven't had leaders above them to look up to. Well, Sadir's got Devondre sweat and, you know, sweats really made a a jump in the last year, uh, in the leadership role. And he's taken Sadir under his, his, under his wing and and nobody knows how to be big and survive on the football field and the practice field like Devondre sweat. (laughs) Um, so sadir so has so got good timing there with, with having to Sweat look over him. and I, I think you're right. I think he's gonna make a big jump uh, between between now and August.
0: And uh, let's talk said Baxter for a second because mm-hmm. I, I I failed to mention something. Uh, last point here on uh, our weekly state of the program with publisher Eric Noly and I'm Jerry Hamilton of Inside Texas. Seth Baxter, I thought looked really good. We don't get we didn't get to see the team period right? Where that's really right. be the deciding factor for a kid, guy, a freshman like Baxter pass pro. Mm-hmm. Those holes pinch, you got to read the linebackers, so on and so on. Um, but let's talk about one thing. Maybe it, what the player that caught my attention that's a returning player more than anybody Wednesday was Savion Red. Yeah, oh man. Um, Tashar Choice gave that guy praise every single rep, and he is built like a running back, more so than probably Jaden Blue is. I actually think this is a – I don't want to call it a genius move because the guy hasn't dropped his pad to show contact balance yet. But I think this was a tremendous move for the program. I see Savion Red as more than the Keelan Robinson role. I see Savion Red as a running back that's going to compete with Cedric Baxter and Jonathan Brooks for four reps, not as many. But he's yeah. going to be a true running back.
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's going to have much of a learning curve just because of you know his, his experience playing it in high school. He's actually really good. I think he ran for 1,400 yards. Uh, but, yeah, that build, um, the, you know, some of the the traits we saw the few times he caught the ball last year translate to uh, running back. Uh, he's got quick feet, uh, not the fastest straight line guy that doesn't hurt you nearly as much at running back. He's got the quickness in the feet. Uh, but that lower body is a running back, lower body, upper body is catching up, too. He, he looks like I don't know what he, what, they, what do they have him weighing in? Did you, did you see that 215 or so?
0: Two fourteen, which I think he's going to be yeah. a 220 guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, he, I mean, he's built like a running back. Um, you know, that's part of the evaluation. I, di- I didn't really see wide receiver coming out, uh, but he displayed good hands. He's got a chance to be really good.
0: And you segued in the one thing we, get, we have to hit on here, and then we're going to get going.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions
0: change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Early returns on Chris Jackson, okay, from what you've heard. Because I think it was a, not saying as a recruiter, but I think it was a Tashar Choice level hire. I think it was a great hire by Steve Sarkeesian. I think it's perfect timing for Chris Jackson to come to Texas. He has guys that are wanting to go to the NFL draft next year. I think Alex Xavier Worthy is coming off. I would say a disappointing season. Sark mentioned he had a uh, hand injury, but still a disappointing season yeah. where he thought he would be and where we thought he'd be. Uh, so early returns on Chris Jackson from what you've heard before we get out of here.
1: Uh, you know, the, the professional attitude that he's known for is definitely showing up. Um, you know, the – The difference I've made is, you know, Marion was more like a player and Jackson is more like a coach's coach, you know, and and, uh, the sources sources I asked that about, they they tend to agree with that. And that's not really uh, I'm not trying to say anything negative on Marion. He is a younger guy. Um, But, you know, Worthy needs a teacher. Worthy has some things that you cannot teach, but there's a lot of things he needs to work on. He's got to figure out how to locate the ball. And then that has nothing to do with your wrist or your hand. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things he needs to work on. He's fabulous at getting open. You'll you'll be hard-pressed to find a wide receiver better at, at, at creating space and separation. Uh, so Chris Jackson has a whole lot to work with. Um, you know, we were asked about him as a recruiter. Well, you know, once he starts developing these guys, his reputation as a recruiter is going to really start to take off.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this about Chris Jackson as a recruiter. Why I think he's going to have a lot of success is – and I think you're seeing more transitions like this in football. Yeah, he played at a high level but he trained guys for the NFL draft before he became an NFL coach. Yep. And that's a really nice feather to have in your cap when you go out and recruit kids. But that also means he did recruit guys. Look, Nathan O'Neill's been on the show. He's one of the top D-line trainers in the country. And you have to compete to get these guys yeah. in your right. circle to train, to, be, to get ready for the NFL draft. So Chris Jackson's recruited. He's just recruited with agents. And college players, right? I think he. I think this was a home run hire, um, and so tip of the hat to uh, Steve Sarkisian for that hire. I think it's a short choice level hire, um, and that is this week's um, state of the program with Inside Texas publisher Eric Naline. I am Jerry Hamilton. Uh, Texas fans, good luck tomorrow night in that two fifteen game. I'm taking Texas by eighteen to twenty two points over Colgate. Then we'll see if it's Penn State or Texas A and M. For Eric, I'm Jerry, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.